What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yeah, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and to have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my brother, Nick Shout. This was such an honor to get to talk fatherhood, life, and share stories from us being kids. Nick is an incredible father. There's a ton of great nuggets and a lot of fun laughs. Enjoy meeting my incredible younger, but taller and more handsome brother, Nick. All right, welcome to the Fatherhood Field Notes. I am sitting in the treehouse with my brother, Nick. What's up, Nick? What's going on, man? You know what? It's Thursday. It's 7.30 at night. You and I both showed up after a day's work at the end of the week. And uh, I think we're both a little tired, but we've been talking about doing this podcast for over a year. And we put it on the calendar, so we're making it happen. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I'll tell you, bro, it's, uh, I've been more nervous about this podcast today than any other. And I think it's, I don't really know why I've done, I mean, like a hundred interviews, but with my brother who I look up to a ton, even though you're younger than me, but you're taller than me. (laughs) Uh, but Sarah even jokes my wife that, uh, that you, I would do anything for you. Like, she'll be like, uh, you'd, yeah, you'd do anything for Nick. <laughs> That's how it is. Man. That's how it is. And I think some of it is, I mean, obviously you're my brother, but two, I feel like growing up, I was older. I was kind of a goody two shoe and I was kind of a judgmental prick sometimes. So I feel like I'm making up for lost times. A lot of the, a lot of the time. Uh, I never felt any of it. No, no, <laughs> I'm like thinking of stories in my head where I was like the a-hole older brother, but I don't know, maybe you remember things differently. Voice of reason, the right (laughs) choice. Um, All right, man. So we're going to talk fatherhood and you are an incredible father. So I'm excited to get your perspective and talk to you about fatherhood. So how many years you've been married? Been married eight years. What's your anniversary? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that written down yet. (laughs) I'm just screwing with you. Um, <laughs> how many kids you got? I got two kids. I have a nine-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy, Trinity and Ryder. Trinity and Ryder. So nine and seven, you got that perfect match, boy and a girl. Um, recently, I made a comment to dad because dad ha- dad now has granddaughters, right, between yeah. you and me. And so he made a comment about... Um, you know, I had a, our girls were over there playing and he just said how much he loves being with their, our girls. And, uh, he wish he had a girl. And I made a comment, um, well, you had Nick, you know, <laughs> but, then, but then he's like, you're more girly than Nick. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he was serious. I was like, thanks, oh, dad. Thanks, dad. I'm going to go, uh, cry myself to sleep now, but <laughs> it was fast and it was hilarious. So how many years you've been married? Eight years, but I've been with my wife for about 15. 
Dude, we dated long, for a while before long that. Long time. Yeah. Long time. Um, yeah, so you've always been more of the rebellious one. I mean, I've got the Rebel and Create podcast, but you've been more of the rebellious one, and I was more of the goody two-shoes. And uh, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. But so the first question is, you know, this is Fatherhood Field Notes. That's the name of the podcast. So we just kind of open up our life and start talking about our life and things that are important to us and whatnot, but the mantras rebel and create and like, what are we rebelling against? Like as men, we all have something we're fighting against or we want to rebel against. And the idea of rebellion is like, it's a war that's never over. So it's like you get up and you do it again and again, and again. So it's almost like it's never over. But the idea is like, you want to, you have this ideal, you want to create something, not just rebel to tear things down. So what's something that you're rebelling against? I don't know. I can't really think of anything I'm rebelling against right now. I'm just trying to live my day-to-day life and, you know, try to go to work, come home, and just everything be in good spirits and keep flowing smoothly. Yeah, and I mean, in a sense, that's kind of like rebelling, right? Because you're not just being a passive dad or a passive husband. You're going to work to support your family and then coming home and hoping and working towards that smooth like harmonious family yeah for those weekends you know you work tough throughout the week and when you have to and then you all pays off when you get a week off and get to take your family somewhere go camping yeah but dude even that's so much it's so much work and i think sometimes we don't really recognize you know like going to work and then showing up at home with energy to still have time with our kids and have time with our families. Yeah. Like that's rebelling right there. Cause not everybody's doing that. We all want to, but sometimes we're not good at it. And that's something I see in you, dude, you are such a good dad with your kids. Like, even though we have to work to provide and we're, we can be gone a lot. You seem to make a lot of time to be intentional and have fun with your kids. Yeah. It's like, I could have a bad day at work and then, you know, come home and be pissed off but who wants to see that or who wants to be a part of that or i don't want to be remembered like that Uh, or anything so you know you shake it off and you just try to be as happy as you can come in with a smile and it seems to bring everybody up and that's a choice right yeah you have to choose that yeah i'd rather just come home and sit on the couch but no i'll come home (laughs) and be like all right what do you guys want to do like yeah Let's go outside. Come on, let's do something. What What did you guys learn today? What have you made, you know? Yeah, hearing what's important to them. Dude, you said something that's just huge. I mean, I don't want to be remembered that way. Like, who thinks like that? Who really pauses and goes, someday my kids are going to remember me and how I act today dictates what they remember, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you can even see it on their faces, like, almost immediately, if they're looking at you with happy and joy or, oh, you know, dad's mad or something like that. Dude, you know what I've realized recently is a couple of my kids, Brody said it last night or two nights ago. He's like, hey, dad, will you help me with this? If you have time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, clearly I'm running around a little bit too crazy this week where he doesn't feel just the total freedom just to ask me, hey, dad, can you help me put these lights up in my room? Yeah. So then it makes me go, what's my response? Is my response when he asks me kind of like, yeah, just give me a minute. Mm-hmm. And if that's it, then the dude's going to stop asking me for help one day. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, it felt bad. Ryder asked me, he got some Legos from Christmas. And he's like, hey, Dad, when can we do these Legos? I'm like, uh, on Thursday. He's like, how many days is that? I'm like, that's four days away. And I'm like, I am that busy that I can't sit down for an hour and do Legos with my kid. You know, that just makes me feel horrible. Yeah, but it's like a double-edged sword, right? On one hand, we're teaching our sons a work ethic, right, that dad provides. But like you said before, it's like you choose to come home as many days as possible as you can with a smile, choosing to put a smile on your face and go, all right, dad's home. What do you guys want to do? How do I love on you? What'd you learn today? What'd you create at school? Whatever. But it is straight up a choice. Yeah. Is there anything that you like, do you listen to music or like anything to do in your car ride home to kind of like transition your mind from work dad to play dad? Yeah. I'll try to listen to some music, something, you know, brings me up in spirits. Mm Mm-hmm. Try totally. to f- not focus on my day or any of the problems or any of the problems I have tomorrow. Just kind of wash it all out of the way and say, hey, it's going to be there first It'll- thing in the morning. You know? <laughs> It'll be there so- waiting for me. So why worry about it now? Yeah, it's not going to help me out at all. It's just going you know, to put me in a bad mood. Yeah. Damn it. It's so hard to do, though. Hmm. Um, okay. So I want to come back to that. But first, I wanted to say right now we are sitting in a totally kick-ass treehouse drinking mm-hmm. some whiskey. It's Thursday, and I'm going to tell you about this treehouse. On one end, it has an eight-foot wall. On the other end, it's a 10-foot wall. And uh, it's probably – what do you? how big do you think this is, like 15 by 10? Yeah, I'd say about 12 by 15, something 12 like by that. 15. Yeah, maybe a little bigger than – yeah, 12 by 15. So um, I built the floor over the course of a year with a bunch of lumber that Nick had brought after construction jobs and just like threw up my yard so I could build this. So I build this floor, which if you were to put a level on the floor, there'd be a big old gap <laughs> underneath <laughs> the level. <laughs> right. Uh, but then I got to a point where I was like, dude, that's just not going to work. And so Nick came over and I mean, I don't know, oh, five days, you think total six, seven, eight days total. I thought it was, yeah, probably. But yeah. There's two guys, two of us, and you, so three of us working on it solid dude, for a really week. that's really cool that you, you know? counted me as a whole person in yeah. construction work. <laughs> I appreciate that, dude. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but we got two windows, three windows, one full-size door, one small door, full roof, loft. I mean, this place is sick. Yeah, a tree running through the middle of it? A tree running through the middle, straight up through the roof. I mean, this treehouse is epic. And so we're like, if we're going to do a podcast, we're going to do it in the treehouse because this place is like probably what we dreamed of as a kid. Mm-hmm. But then our tree house was like a board in a tree. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was more of a bush than a tree. Yeah, it was more. The board was on the ground and there's trees wrapping around the board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So this is epic. Uh, it's super epic. And we've all stayed in here with our boys and like watched a movie and played games and hung out. Super fun. Yeah. I've had my whole family sleep in here. That's awesome. Yeah. That's you nice. killed it, dude. It's it's uh it's awesome. Let's just say I ran the lumber down the hill and then Nick did the rest. Other than the uneven floor. But hey, had to start somewhere. Yep. Did what I could. <laughs> you did did what you could. It's all straight from uh or level, right? It's all level it's after level. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, dude. So back to the time, you know. I think as dads, so many of us, I mean, wrestle with, oh, I don't have enough time or I'm so busy. But then the time that you do spend with your kids, 
I mean, once you start listing it off, dude, you do a lot of really fun, intentional things with your kids. So what are some of the, your favorite things to do with your kids? Um, like I love taking my daughter out to dinner or we've gone to the father daughter dance a few times, mm-hmm. you know, now that COVID's hit, it's kind of put a, you know, damper on that, but it'd be awesome to find something else similar just to take her out and get some good father daughter time. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, very important to me. And then with Ryder, you know, we've started BMX, uh, racing recently and that's a lot of fun. So, and then I love taking my wife and my kids camping, like just getting out in nature, walking around or go out to the desert in Nevada and hang out there for a week. And that's just, that's the best to me. Yeah. And you guys all ride, ride dirt bikes. So you guys, like when you go camping, you all have your dirt bikes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Steph ride, uh, I'm on a dirt bike. She's on a quad and then Trinity's on a quad and riders on a dirt bike. So we can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So sick. It's interesting. Cause it's like, I got four girls and a son and you've got a daughter and a son. And it's like, I can connect with Brody pretty easily because he likes the same crap that I like, Yeah, you know? So it's like, you really, as a dad have to go out. I don't want to say go out of your way, but you have to really be intentional. And like you said, you you know that you, and it's not all girls, but you know what your daughter likes. She likes to go out to dinner. She likes to go to the father daughter dance. You have to almost work a little bit to be creative, to go, how do I meet her needs? Like, what does she want? Yeah, like me and Ryder can go outside and play in the dirt, and then that's bonding time for us, you know? And then with her, she'll get bored or, you know, we play a lot of games, though. Like, she loves playing games or just making up her own games, and that's a lot of fun. But do you have to intentionally, and maybe that's mean to ask because I do, sometimes have to go, okay, I realize I haven't spent as much time with this daughter so i want to intentionally take her out to breakfast or connect with her when i get home from work so it's almost like you have to pause and assess because do you feel the same way yeah i hate to say it out loud but yeah i definitely do feel the same way but i think it's great to say out loud because other dads might feel crippled at the same time to go they might feel like an a-hole because they feel that way yeah and they're not saying that out loud and it's not a bad thing it's just like yeah do you want to go build a dirt jump with your son outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do. That's easy. Grab a shovel, do it. I don't have to think. I enjoy it. But to think, okay, I'm going to get out this Scrabble or whatever game my kid might, my daughter might like, or I'm going to, I dude, I just painted Stella's fingernails the other night. Yeah. And that was, I don't know that I've really painted my kids, my daughter's nails that many times. I actually killed it, dude. I did pretty good. Yeah. Braiding hair. I That's suck awesome. at that. I suck at that. Do you have any other tips of things that dads could do with their daughters? Um, just taking them out and spending time with them. Just even going on walks or, um, they love drawing. They love playing games. Um, I think what you said was critical. It's like, sometimes I cripple myself and like, what should I do? You know, I'm such a, like, I visualize, okay, we're going to do X. Yeah. But you just said spend time with them. It's almost like that's enough sometimes. Like, they just want to spend time together. I think it's more like, we'll ask them, what do you guys want to do? And she'll be like, oh, let's go to the school and we'll play tag. And we go to the school and play tag. And Mm. then we do that till it's bedtime. Then it's bedtime. And we're trying to put them to sleep. And she has all this information she wants to tell me or all this stuff she wants to share with me. And I want to hear it all. 
but now it's bedtime. Right. And it's like we spent all our other time just moving and going and getting from point A to point B, doing what we said we were going to do there and then getting home and getting that done when really it would have been more beneficial for both of us, you know, to get to like know each other better, spend actual mm. quality time is if we just hung out in the bedroom and just let come, you know, let come to our mind, whatever doesn't come naturally when you're out playing, you know, right. when we're just sitting there with our minds running, then just other stuff comes to them and they'll tell me things throughout their day when I'm like, how come you didn't tell me that before? And they're just like, oh, I never thought of it. And I'm like, I honestly didn't hear anything about your day today. You know, we went and spent four hours together, but I didn't learn anything new about you mm. because we were just out doing fun stuff. Yeah, some kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Dude, I get caught up in that. So that's kind of crazy is that we can set aside all this time to do fun stuff. But in the setting up the fun stuff, we're not actually, dude, you said like learning something new about your kid. Who even thinks of that? That's like an incredible statement. So sometimes maybe as dads, we just need to not try to go do something, but just be here. Like, hey, let's just hang out in your room. And then what you said is like, just see what happens. Yeah. And it's not like we're ever bored or like, oh, we should have went and done this or we should have went and done that. Isn't it crazy? It's almost like the better conversations, like you said, the better conversations, the learning about each other comes from those moments where you create space where you think you'd be bored. Yeah. Dude, I need to be better at that. Yeah, it's like, it's nice when I take them somewhere in my forerunner because the stereo is broken. Because then when we're driving for an hour, we're not like, and there's no TV in it like the other car, you know. It's not like we're watching a movie or we're listening to something. We're just sitting there and it's silence. And then all of a sudden something pops into your mind and you say it and it creates a whole conversation and it's actually meaningful. Dude, that's huge, man. It's like, turn off the radio, turn off the TV. You know, we've almost trained our kids when they get in the car that they're going to watch something. Yeah. From point A to point B because mom and dad want a break, which kind of sucks to say, right? Yeah. But it's like, just shut those things off and then see what happens. Yeah. It might be awkward silence for 30 seconds and, or, you know, five minutes and then it's filled. Then there's nothing else. What are some questions in that awkward silence? So say a dad's going to get in his car with his kid and he's going to say, hey, kids, we're not going to watch anything today and we're not going to listen to any music. What are some questions a dad could ask to engage with their kid, with his kids? I mean, for me, I'm gone so much of the time. It's honestly the simplest of things. Like, what did you do today? And then they could spend 20 minutes telling me, you know, if they tell me in detail instead of just like, oh, I did this and I did that. And then I'll start by saying, hey, so you woke up, you know, and I gave you a kiss goodbye. And then what happened? You know, you didn't just go to Grammys and go to the store and then come home. That's, you know, that didn't take eight hours or 10 hours today. So, you know, I'll try to like lead them through it and then just get every detail. Dude, every detail. Yeah. So you won't accept, uh, oh, my day was good, dad. I mean, not, not most of the time. I mean, if I don't want to hear it, then yeah, sure. I'll accept it. But <laughs> Which for is the okay most part, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't like sitting in silence either all the time with them. I just feel bad. I'm like, what are they thinking about? You know? Yeah. Or so I'll just ask them, what are you thinking about? And like nothing. I'm like, nothing. You're thinking about like a black space in your mind. And then like, well, I was thinking about this and that. And then, and then it led to this and it led to that. And then all of a sudden you're in a conversation. Yeah. It just spirals into a good place. Dude. And you've said it a couple of times is having a conversation with your kids. I mean, sometimes I think it's hard enough for us to try and have a conversation with our spouse, not because we don't want to, but because the day is just you know, sometimes we're just all doing life together. Yeah. So just to think, I want to have a conversation with them. 
That's huge, man. That's huge. Those are good questions. You lead them through. And if it comes to they're not giving you anything, it's like, all right, well, you woke up and I kissed you goodbye. Then what? Yeah. Like spell it out for me. Give me the details. And then they're probably going to think of something interesting. Yeah. And then end up expanding on that. And they'll tell me something I would have never, ever heard about, you know, like, in my whole life. What? Yeah. Or any <laughs> anything, you know, just like it never would have come to Stephanie. Never would have came to anyone's attention or it wasn't like a solid vocal point or talking point, or, yeah. but it was yeah. definitely something I enjoyed hearing. So, Damn. And that's even huge right there to say I enjoyed hearing it. Like, dude, what that, that I don't want to say what that, because I think we all want that. We just don't pause to think about it. These are simple things, but they're hard to do because life gets so full, but it's like, be curious, listen to your kids. I want to learn about them. Dude, it's crazy. There's always something to learn about them if we want to learn about them, but you got to approach them with that wanting to learn. Yeah. Mm. Dude, that's super solid. Okay. So I know you do super fun things with your kid. Well, one, go back to the BMX. You and I BMXed a ton. I mean, we had an empty lot next to our house and we had a, when we grew up and what grade, when did we start racing and riding BMX? Dude, I don't even know. Maybe I was fresh freshman year, eighth grade. I mean, we always kind of rode. Yeah. But maybe it was seventh, eighth grade. When we moved up from Huffy Mountain bikes to like some actual real BMX bikes. Yeah. Do you remember your first BMX? My first real one? Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Um... Well, like a 20 inch was my Schwinn and uh, I rode the, the black Schwinn and red forever. one. Yeah. 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 And sick. then, uh, I do remember the first time, like I went to a big race. It was really awesome. Mom and dad, you know, were very supportive of it, which was cool. Just I remember like, hey. when the people would read over the loudspeaker, they'd say Nick shout sponsored by mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. They say more like Nick shot. Yeah. They'd always sponsored. screw up our last names. But, um, so I went to my first national and, uh, mom and dad took me. And I had just transferred into intermediate because I had lost or I had won six novice races. And I didn't Mm. know that if you win six novice races, you know, and that's at our little tiny lake port track, you know, where there's six, seven people there. And, uh, and I lost like just every race horribly. My bike was clunky. And first thing I was like, I was all depressed. Mom's like, we're going to go get you a new bike. Like as soon as we leave here. And I was like, just blown away. I was like, really? Like made my day. And it was awesome. And then when you got the new bike, you started winning? Uh, no, but that was like my first real BMX bike. But then yeah. another kind of offshoot off of that is we went to the store to buy it and I wanted it. And mom's like, all right, we're going to get this one. And some other kid looks sad. And so mom's like, all right, he can have this, you know, let him have it. And the the guy at the bike shop was like, really? You're going to let this kid have it over you and your son, you know, because he was just there by himself. Mm. She's like, yeah, that's fine. If he wants it, he can take it. So he's like, all right, let me take you upstairs. And then he gave us like the newest model of that same bike no for the way. same price. Yeah. So yeah, I had this sick that. frame with the neck on it, you know, my yeah. uh, power light still bike I have today, the power light with the long neck, the P40 Warhawk, like the previous models didn't have the solid frame at the front. It was just two tubes coming mm. out of the, out of the neck. And, uh, so that right there was a life lesson just that yeah, she yeah. let someone else have it. And then we scored with a better deal. Yeah. And, Dude, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah, we both raced BMX, but you were definitely, I don't, better. I mean, you were, you were into it. But um, I remember one race. Remember that race? I was racing and that guy was trying, they were like punking me, trying to make me crash during the race. And then you were yeah. at the end, the finish line. 
my little brother freaking there like want to fight this dude <laughs> oh my god dude that's dude those are like awesome. such the best memories and now you're doing that with your son yeah so so no. now you and Ryder are racing and what see that's what's kick-ass too is instead of just taking your kid and saying all right i'm gonna get my son into bmx because that's what i used to do yeah you're like how old are you <laughs> 35 yeah and you're like ah sick dude get out yeah. the power light I don't care if it's not the newest bike that the dudes have, right? You, because you've told me, like, they come up and they're like, what? This bike is sick, 20 <laughs> yeah. years old, vintage, it's like vintage, but you're still having a blast on it. And so doing it with your son versus just him doing it. Why Why do that versus just letting him race? Well, honestly, it's fun for me. I wanted to, and then it's something we could do together. Mm. And then just to teach him, you know, like, you know, my cl- age group right now is 28 to 35 year olds. So I'm the oldest guy in my class. So (laughs) I pretty much am pulling last every time. And then he just got into it. He just started. So did you die? No. Oh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of teaching him last is okay. We're here to have fun. You know, there's other dads there that are yelling at their kids next to us on the starting line. Like, Hey, if you don't pedal all the way down that straightaway, I'm going to be mad when we get home. Seriously. Yeah. Ryder hears them say it. There's people yelling at their kids and just like, I'm like, how is this fun for any of you? You know? And I'm just like, Ryder, dude, dude. this isn't going to be your career. You know, you're such a good dad, bro. You are, huh. you're a good dad. Like you're out there saying <laughs> I got last two. Yeah. Right. We got last together. And you're not the dad on the sidelines saying I'm going to be mad at you? Like, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, some dad's not even riding, you know? and like Yeah, you, you're not even riding. I'm like, dude, get out here. Let's race, you know? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a bunch of punks. Man, it's interesting. I just think, like, dudes are insecure, right? I mean, all of us are insecure in different ways. But you're like, yeah, I'll ride my bike. And if I get into it, then I'll get a different bike. But I'm going to go ride what I've got. And yeah. go have fun with my kid because I'm here for my kid. I'm not here for anyone else. I'm not trying to go pro anymore, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not 16. So our dirt track next to our house, we had a bunch of – because we lived in a little community where it was like half acres. And so there was an empty acre next to us and we built a bunch of jumps. And we had done some construction work in high school like helping people out. And we had my Mazda bomb truck full of sheetrock. And we're like, well, we could take this to the dump. <laughs> We could take this to the dump. They gave us probably 30 bucks to take it to the dump. Or when mom and dad are at home, we could just bury it all into jumps because we had to dig all our jumps. Yeah. Right. So that's a lot of dirt. So we just uh, buried all the um, sheetrock. We broke it up and, and built mounds and then poured dirt on it so we'd have bigger jumps. That was awesome. That was such a fun time in my life and like place. Dude, it you was know. so fun. Like you'd look outside on the driveway and there'd be like eight bikes just yeah. from all the kids around the whole neighborhood who were all riding bikes with us. Yeah. I made a few new friends that way that people just ride by, you know, and be like, what? Look at that. And say, hey, can we come hit your track or hit your jumps? Yeah. But those were good times. Dude, so fun. So fun. And then when we both moved out, mom and dad figured out that there was tires and sheetrock <laughs> underneath all the dirt. And so they had to hire somebody to come and tear, tear it all down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Dang it. That's so fun. So what are some other fun things, creative things? Because in your mind, I think you would go, meh, I'm just outside being with my kids. But you do a lot of fun, creative stuff with your kids. So like, what are some things that you're like, let's just go outside and do something that you do with your kids? 
I like just going, there's a little stream in front of our house. We'll just go out there and we'll throw, we'll each get, grab a stick or grab anything that floats and you throw it in the top and kind of chase it down to the bottom and see who wins or just let them go and see where they get stuck. And I'll have hours of fun with that. Or anytime it storms, go out in the rain, just get on the raincoat, say, hey, we're going to go spend, you know, half an hour or an hour getting soaking wet outside, just walking around in the puddles and looking at stuff and you know, the neighbors or people driving by look at us like we're crazy, but it's just like we're having the time of our lives out there. It's just out adventuring. Yeah, and then those, some, those are some of the best memories is like when conditions aren't perfect. Like when everything goes smoothly, you don't really always remember. Yeah, it. there's no story there. There's no story. You're like, oh, yeah, remember this time we did this and everything was fine? It's like, no, it's like remember when we went here and shoe got stuck in the mud and we had to walk home with one shoe on? Yeah. Like couldn't find it. and Dude, that's cool. That's where the stories come from. What's funny is we used to do that with dad all the time. Yeah. So a lot of my ideas I get from my childhood experiences where I had a lot of fun as a child. That's what I kind of bring to my kids, you know, I'm like, oh, I remember this or, you know, um, yeah, like we used to go to the lake with dad and. Or just even on our street, we'd go down there and build dams in the creek. Yeah, and like when it's raining a lot, yeah. you just go build a dam. Yeah, like anywhere. how fun was that? I'd probably have fun doing that now with my kids. Yeah, that's awesome. I love doing that. And then other fun things to do with the kids. Yeah, I mean, um, when I come over to your house, I'll see a oh, new yeah. jump. I'll see a new swing. Um, so I feel like when your kids say, "Hey, Dad, will you build us a jump or make a swing or something?" you figure out a way to make it happen. I try to do it right then and there. Cause otherwise if I say I'll get to it then I won't. So Ooh, it's like, it's a good tip. Yeah. Or if just I say I'm going to do something, yeah, just do it now. Cause it's otherwise it's never going to get done. And that comes back to the, like, what do I want to re- be remembered as the guy who said, yeah, we'll do that one day. And then before you know it, your kids moved out. Yeah. Because there's, always going to be work to do mm-hmm. like literally your work will never end right yeah so it's like dude what's more important at the end of your life what's more important and you have that like mental thought of what's more important so you just do it yeah you know you heard when, when people die or when they're on their deathbed they don't say hey i wish i would have spent more time working they say yeah. i wish i would have spent more time with my kids or my family or my of wife course. or enjoying myself but yeah so i built a rope swing you know i think that's trinity asked for that and we've had tons of fun on that uh, the trampoline is a lot of fun or like, Hey dad, can we put the sprinkler under the trampoline? And I'm like, no, you're going to waste water or get my yard muddy. I'm just like, yeah, sure. Go for it. You know, like and th- why not? But see that? Yeah. I'll take why a not? half an hour shower when my back sore, waste all the water. So it's <laughs> like, what does it matter if they leave the hose on for half an hour? What's an extra five bucks? Like I'll spend, you know, 10 bucks at the store buying snacks yeah. on garbage and like, no, we can't rent that movie off Amazon for two ninety nine. It's just yeah. like, yeah, sure. Dude. So what's the, I remember, um, Stephanie, uh, was saying you made, you took like a, like a queen, like what's the foundation to the bed you took and you made like a thing that you guys were riding down the street. <laughs> oh yeah it was the frame it was just like a oh, rolling yeah, yeah, yeah. a rolling frame to like a uh you know a queen size box spring and then a queen mattress just a metal frame but i just secured some two by fours to it or no i just put plywood on top of it i cut it the same size as a 
as a queen box spring. So it squared it up and locked it in place. And we're just pushing each other down the driveway in it, <laughs> like just a piece of garbage. And what's crazy is like, those are the things like you said that just happened because you didn't have a plan. You were yeah. just outside and then it happened. And they're probably going to remember that more than remember when you took me on that one ride at Disneyland. Yeah. You know, isn't that crazy though? That is like as dads, we have this opportunity just to be creative and silly with our kids and that's seriously the best times. Yeah, that's more impact than spending, you know, four grand or whatever on a Disneyland trip. Yeah, and I mean, being those things are cool. Out. Yeah. Do them, but don't let that replace the going outside and putting the sprinkler on and then even going and jumping on the trampoline or riding the bike on the, you know, going to the race. It's like just engage with them, spend the time with them. And dude, that's what you and I have fun doing. And I think that's a lot. Because our dad did that with us, too. Yeah. He had fun with us, Mm -hmm. which is such a gift, right? So for dads listening, it's like, if you choose to be that dad, which it's a choice, like Nick was saying, dude, that's going to get passed down. Because our kids, you know, you and my kids are kind of be the same way with their kids. That's because we're choosing to follow in the footsteps of our dad and just be fun and silly and not take things too serious. And he worked a lot. He worked heck of hard. Mm -hmm. But when I think back to it, I don't really think of him as like working all the time. I think that he spent a lot of time having fun with us. Yeah. It's interesting how if like you look at the hours, the hours are definitely more he was gone. Yeah. You remember the key points. But you're yeah, you remember the fun stuff. So with that, what are some of you, what is your best uh, family trip we took as kids? Best family trip? Um, shoot, I don't know. I've loved all our family trips, man, from going to Fort Bragg to, I mean, one that's memorable is the, the road trip through Wisconsin and We like took Washington. a month and drove around the United States. Yeah, yeah, we rented a van and we went out and did that and that was a lot of fun. Who was it when we were laying in the back of the Volvo? I thought we had a Volvo on that trip and then you or I kicked the tooth out of the other one's mouth. I don't remember that really, but we did tons of trips back and forth to LA or in the Volvo. And I think we did one of those trips, the same one I'm talking about in the Volvo. And I think that's why we redid it in the van like Mm. when we were older. I remember you or I getting kicked in the mouth. One of us got kicked in the mouth and lost a tooth. Uh, I don't remember. So all good family trips, nothing sticks out as like the the best family trip. I mean, Fort Bragg was always fun. What was fun about that? Uh, just going to the ocean, just the feeling there, relaxing, and you know, a mm. lot going on. And, you know, our parents letting us have a fire at the empty campsite next door, you know, and just like getting our own little freedom. And yeah, I remember going with the cousins on a lot of trips. Like that was fun when, uh, you know, mom would get Aunt Crystal and Uncle Gary and Uncle Michael and Aunt Anna and all those people. And we, we went somewhere camping. like Lake maybe Pillsbury, I think. Lake Pillsbury or the Russian River. I remember Lake uh, Pillsbury. Yeah, that was fun. It's Those are good memories when you have all the cousins together. And it's like simple. Just go camping and just get all the cousins together and then give the kids some freedom. Get them on their bikes and just go ride around the camp. Let them play tag. Let them play flashlight tag. Capture the flag. Yeah. Just give them some freedom. And we've been doing that with our kids the last couple of years, which has been cool mm-hmm. to pass that on to them. What's yeah, the awesome. worst 
family trip that we went on. Oh yeah, one of the best, one of the other best ones oh. was Canoe Canada. Sorry, before you. Get okay, there. okay, that was my best one too. Uh, okay, yeah, I just was drawing a blank there. Canoe Canada was awesome, man, and they did it at the perfect time, you know, right before. How old? I think I was like maybe thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, so, so you'd was, have been twelve. Yeah, so you know, right before it was, we were too cool to hang out with the parents, you know, right. Like, really enjoyed that and it was just two weeks out with nothing you know that taught us a lot about nature and just survival and being on our own yeah i mean so we flew to canada we got in two canoes with you and me mom and dad and just food and we just went out for 10 days or something 10 days yeah and just canoed and then built you know built the camp hung out at the camp canoed some more that was incredible across a bunch of different lakes we'd have to like you know, pack our bags across and then yeah. load up the canoes portage, on our back. Portage, right? Isn't that what they call it? Portage yeah. from one to the next? Yeah. And then carry them to the next lake. And all these lakes hadn't been, uh, you know, no gas-powered boats are allowed on them or right. anything. Right, I think we only saw one person the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's like, dads, you could plan that one epic trip. And what's crazy about that is I remember as a kid, dad talking about him doing that. And he was always like, when you guys are old enough, when you guys are old enough. And he made it happen. Yeah. You know, how many, you know, it's like, dude, if you say it, you build it up and then you make it happen. And then it's like, that was 10 days of our entire 18 years of living at home. And we're talking about it now as 37 and 35 year olds. It's like, that was a formative 10 days. But then now when you think about it, being a dad, isn't it crazy? Like dad probably worked for six months, Mm -hmm. saved money, took the time off work, all the crap that comes with that. But that was the first time I ever caught a real fish. Mm. You know, I've caught minnows in like creeks and stuff, like yeah. nothing bigger than two inches. But that was the first time I caught, you know, something like 12 inches or bigger. That was awesome. Dude, Always remember so that. Rad. Yeah, to catch that first like big ass fish. Yeah. Like the feeling reeling it in. Uh, that was cool. It's crazy what just a less than two week period you know like how many weeks have gone by it's february right now weeks have just gone by right we're always like man time's just flying by yeah. or whatever but then you think back over your life and and one week can be this memorable week for your kid you know what this dude said to me recently um he said today could be the day that your kid remembers forever mm-hmm. to, and, and you play a part in that that's awesome. Dude, that's that's awesome, but it's also heavy. It just means you got to show up and be present. Yeah. It doesn't even mean you got to like plan and figure everything out. It just means you got to be there because you have no idea what's going to happen that day. That could be the thing that your kid remembers forever. And if you're passive and you're not engaged, then dude, you're not going to be a good memory in that. And then you want to, we all want to be remembered well. Yeah. Thinking about it. Okay. So what was the worst family trip ever? I don't know. I honestly can't can't think of a like of a bad experience on a family trip. I'm sure there was one there, but yeah. I mean, also if there was, it was my own attitude causing it. You know you what I so? mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, they didn't take us on trips to show us a bad time. You know, they're always trying to show us a good time and everything. And if if I didn't have a good time, that's just because I had a bad attitude. Damn it, man. Trying to win points with mom and dad right now? You think they're going to listen to this? I'm just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just thinking I 
no, you you're can't right. Pinpoint because certain things like that. What's funny is I wrote down a worst, fa- I, a worst. Family I mean, if you trip. bring it up, I'll probably. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was my 18th birthday. We went to Wisconsin and like you and I, we we seriously we watched tennis, dude, for like a oh, few yeah. hours at grandma's. But if you think about it, like when you said that, it was just me having a bad attitude. Like I should be doing something else. Now we did go light a bunch of like M80s and fireworks off in people's mailboxes, and that yeah. was pretty fun running around the neighborhood doing that. But, um, yeah, dude, it was just my attitude. It could have been just a great day. No, that's funny because that was the first thing that actually came to my mind okay. when you thought about it. I'm like, I only remember being completely miserable <laughs> one time, <laughs> but I thought that was the trip we had taken down there in the van. But if not, then, yeah, I just, it's, yeah, we didn't know any of that side of the family, really, because we didn't go to Wisconsin much. Right. So it's just like we wish we were at home with our friends. You know, yeah, at 18 and 16, we yeah. just wanted to be home doing something summertime, right? Um, okay, so I had this question I thought it'd be fun, and I didn't want to know your answer before, <laughs> but what was the most formative uh, or impactful movie? Okay, so growing up, what was the movie that impacted you the most? Dude, Wayne's World, for sure. Wayne's World? <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you watched it with your kids yet? Heck no. <laughs> no. I've watched some of it with my older ki- my older kids. And I'm like, how did mom and dad let us watch this all yeah. the time? Like so many of our like words and I don't know if it's innuendos, but like the mannerisms. Mannerisms, yeah. yeah. Mannerisms is straight from that movie, dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We watch it so many times. Dude, I know. I love that. I'm like, I see the same thing because all the movies I watch as a kid, I want to show my kids. And then I'm like, whoa, that's not appropriate. Or I'll watch Wayne's World. I mean, even growing up watching it throughout the years, I'm like, whoa, I didn't catch that. Whoa, I didn't catch that, you know? It's funny because I think we say that things are so much worse now. But when you watch a certain movie with your kids, you go, oh, shoot, this is... This isn't really as appropriate as some movies now, like Goonies, even. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, I let my kids watch that movie now, and it's it is like Bill and Ted's, like so many sexual innuendos. Yeah. And all those movies, but they're so <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, we watch Wayne's World so many times, but Happy Gilmore was mm-hmm. definitely mine. And like when I watch it, I just see so many of my mannerisms are like trying to mimic Adam Sandler and his humor and what he thinks is funny, and I still think all that stuff is still hilarious yeah (laughs) it's so it's so funny to me what's sad though is like we watched dumb and dumber with our kids yeah and they just straight didn't get it and like our kids were like 13 you know 13 12 and 11 and they were like when the scene when the kid has the dead bird with the tape (laughs) around his neck i think that's it's hilarious right our kids were like that's that's not cool That's so cool. Have you watched a movie with your kids you were excited to show them and then it turned out they just like didn't dig it? Oh, yeah. A few of them. I've tried to watch Willow a couple times with the kids. Dude, and it Willow's just gets awesome. Turned off like less than five minutes in like, hey, dad, this is cool, but can we watch something else? Is Do you think it's because the graphics aren't as good as the movies they see now? I just think the whole style of comedy. Yeah, graphics is one thing and the whole style of comedy is different. Like it's mm. just more screaming and blatant than more of like you know hidden or uh not as subtle right right you know comedy pay attention to it yeah okay so back to willow what (laughs) scene do you remember the most out of that movie like i have a scene that i remember the most the scene yeah or like i'm rolling down the hill in the snow and the snowball Uh, okay that's the one you would remember the most yeah Mine is when the dude's like pointing to his hand and he's like, which finger has the most power? Oh, yeah. Remember? And yeah. then he's like, it was his own finger. Uh-huh. 
I don't know why that. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good scene too. Yeah, that was a smart, uh, you know, part in the movie. Maybe it's because I was like, oh, I never want to be duped like that. Yeah. So I was going to say this a minute ago, but I didn't know if it correlated with what we were talking about. But, um, like one thing someone told me a while ago was that you know because I work hard and I come home late, you know, say I only get two hours with my kids at night. And then I go to bed stressed out because I didn't spend enough time with my kids that day or didn't do this or do that. And then, you know, my friend said, well, hey, just the thought that you're thinking all those things means you're a good dad, that you actually feel guilty about that, that that's on your mind and not something else. But do you think that you should be so hard on yourself? I think that that makes me strive to be better. Yeah. But no, at the same time, I can't do it all. Like I am just generally a people pleaser Mm. and I can't, you know, I try so hard to make everyone happy and then there's nothing left for me kind of thing. Dude, I think that's how a lot of dads feel and and probably moms too, right? If we Um, say it, moms too. But this isn't a mom podcast, so sorry, moms. It's not that we don't care, but that's, this isn't for you. (laughs) But yeah, I think, you know, it's such an interesting balance to go, I feel shitty at the end of the day because I maybe didn't spend as much time with my kids, but at least I'm thinking about it because that means I care about this. So the reality is, is I might have to work eight, nine, 10 hours some days, Yeah, you know, so then do I make that two hours count? And then do I feel good about it? Like at a certain point, I feel like we need to feel good about what we were able to give our kids. Yeah, definitely. You got to feel good about it, but... Just when is it enough? You know, you got to find that good balance between, you know, spending enough time with your wife, spending enough time with your kids, and then, you know, working hard enough to financially support all of them and you, but then without overworking to where you're not, you know, spending Yeah, you don't have enough energy. Yeah, dude, it is like, I just don't think real balance exists. I think that that it's more like you just got to be aware. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I need to take the day off or, you know what, this weekend we're just staying in, stay no to everything. Or this weekend we're going out somewhere. I almost think it's like you just be in tune with what does everybody need. But you said it a minute ago. It's like, dude, you also got to be in tune with what you need. And sometimes you do need a break. Yeah. You know, and I feel so guilty. Like even now it's Thursday night. We're here talking fatherhood, which is a great thing to do. And you and I are getting to spend time together. But it's almost like. I already kind of felt guilty about it this week. Like, oh, I'm going to be gone Thursday night. And Sarah and the kids are like, it's all good. Something in me feels like, well, I should be home hanging out with you guys. Yeah. You know? But it's also good for us to do this. Yeah. I just, I feel bad, you know? I left this morning and the kids were barely awake. And so I said bye to Trinity. I said bye to Ryder. And then he calls me like an hour later, like, dad, like, bye, I didn't see you. And because mm, he you didn't know, remember because he was sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping. And then I'm like, well, you know, I'm probably not going to see you tonight. So then there's like a whole day where I don't get to see him. And so I feel bad. But then when I think about the past month, I've seen him every night. Right. Every day since then. But it may not be for the longest period of time. But I still still make the point to see him. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm ever going over to my friend's house after work and drinking beer or I'm going to the bar or I'm doing, I'm not really doing anything else besides, you know, I'm going to work and then I'm coming home and trying to, you know, make my family work and keep all them satisfied and happy. It's a full-time gig. 
moms and dads are have a lot on their minds. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes I need to have more. So like I said, moms and dads, because I know that same stuff's going through my wife's head. But sometimes I just nitpick at the things that are annoying me. Yeah. Versus being like, dude, she's doing the same thing as me. Like trying to make the whole thing work so that the kids have a home with a mom and a dad that are there and love them. Yeah. But just that in itself is like a lot of work, dude. I don't know. Sometimes I'll come home and I'll be like, what, what, what the hell? You didn't wash the dogs. And she's like, oh, okay. Would you like to be in charge of the grocery shopping, of the laundry, of this, of that? I'm just like, I don't even want to hear the list of stuff. I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I don't. You got it, you know, because like her list seems way longer than mine. I mean, maybe mine, you know, brings more of the the bread into the family, but her list is just as hard of work, if not, right. you know, more. If not more, it's just that it's it's harder to see it all. It's, it's harder to see. Yeah, it's harder to see it. Do you remember being younger dads with younger kids and your wife would like do that once a year, go away with the girls yeah. for like three days <laughs> and then like a day and a half in, you're like... I'm doing the dishes again. Yeah. Holy crap. Or I'm doing this again. And all of a sudden you're like, I have mad respect for you. But then it usually wore off like six weeks later. Yeah. It's like (laughs) doing the, you know, making breakfast and doing the dishes and making lunch and doing the dishes and dinner making and doing the dishes. I'm like, dude, that's all day long. I had like an hour break in between it all. Like, you know, I'll have a list. I'll get a day off to myself, but with the kids. And I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to get this done, this done, this done, this done, you know, and, and I'll be lucky. Happens. Yeah, if I get one of them done, you know. That's but... the thing because you have these like 20-minute windows, and in the 20-minute window, you're just like. <sighs> yeah, just a breather. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, mad props to moms or, or anybody who really stays home with their kids because dudes, dudes could definitely be that guy as well. Um, okay, so I was going to ask. You know, I think this is just interesting. You and I both grew up in the same home and sort of took different paths. You know, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, like I was a bit of a goody two-shoe, a bit of a mama's boy. Um, You're smiling, so I'm guessing that you're agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And you were a bit more rebellious, you know, like choose your own path, do your own thing, uh, stick it to the man. And then, uh, but we both kind of ended at the same place, you know, both dads who are striving to be great dads, men who are striving to love our wives and be consistent and nourish that, you know? So, um, I don't know, man, what do you think when I say that? What are, what are some things that you think about? Like when you think about growing up in our home or in where we've both arrived and I ask it more to go to help parents see like their kids are going to be different. Like you and I grew up in the same home, but we were different. But at the end of it, our parents showed us something consistent because our parents have been married for, I'm 37. So for 37 years. Yeah. Um, And so we were shown something consistent, but things were a bit different. So I don't know. It's just the thought I had. What do you think about when I say that? I mean, I honestly don't know why, but like I've always I don't know that the stuff that's not, you know, normal or appropriate is kind of what I've been drawn to. And I remember in the, I think I was in the third grade and I had found a box of four joints and I took them home and I had them for about a month. You know, I didn't know what to do with them. I was in the third grade. What's a joint? You know, (laughs) it's a marijuana cigarette. Okay. And, uh, 
And then I showed them to you, and I'm like, whoa, Ned, look what I found. Like, I pretended I dug oh, them like up just found in the backyard in oh, our I fort. I remember that you yeah. pretended you dug them up in the backyard. Dude, <laughs> well, third grade, that's pretty genius yeah. thinking. I was like, look what I found. And you're like, whoa, we should show these to mom and dad. God, <laughs> when I wanted to smoke them, you know, and I was like looking to my older brother, you know, for it, but... I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And we showed them. And then I got in a bunch of trouble because they're like, you know, you didn't dig these up out of the backyard. And I'd found them under the bleachers at school. And just for whatever reason, I was drawn to that kind of scene. And I have no idea why, because both our parents were, you know, you know, our mom was a clean and sober and our dad barely drank you know i mean he drank but nothing to where it would be yeah i don't really remember it being a thing growing up yeah nothing noticeable in any way and um oh i kind of but they were rebellious but they were rebellious before we were born so yeah i don't know if that that plays into some of it but but so i had the desire to do that stuff and i remember just hanging out with partiers you know like in my late teens maybe 20s and then just kind of looking at the older crowd i was hanging out with who was 35 and 40 hanging out with you know 16 to 20 year olds and i'm just like you guys are worthless or you have no life or like i'm not going to be where you are and i think that's because we had a positive upbringing and i knew that wasn't what the standard was you know i knew that was below standard but you were still like that's not yet. I can just have fun and screw around until a certain point. Well, no, then I kind of got out of that stuff, you know, out of the, the uh, that scene. And just, uh, you know, I still drank and smoked weed and stuff like that. But I don't know why that drew me to it. And then I'd meet people who are in their 20s and like, oh, I've never smoked or I've never drank. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, haven't you wanted that since like forever like that's just always something that i wanted and something that i i earned yearned for whatever you pursued that yeah and no one else and a lot of people didn't and it kind of just blew my mind and then it just it made me realize that some people don't and some people do and i have no idea why we were different in that era you know or whatever it was but just like some people crave that and some people don't unless there's a deeper meaning or something that I don't know about right. but from what I've learned from my life experience is just some people have that rebellious side or you know if it's not allowed do it if you know a lot of my friends too that was funny growing up that my friends whose parents um let them do whatever they wanted they kind of straightened out quicker than all of us whose parents told them not to do stuff and were really strict and would like threaten to send them to boarding school and stuff like that. Like those were the guys in the later years in their late twenties getting in trouble and all the guys in their, you know, younger twenties or, I mean, everyone whose parents would let them do whatever they wanted knew that that wasn't a path they should take. So interesting. So it's like the parents who were a little bit more free and maybe didn't make things such a big deal the kids didn't make them such a big deal either. Yeah, but also those parents were partiers also. Yeah. So maybe they saw what their parents were doing and didn't like it. Yeah, or true. saw the people their parents were hanging out with, you know, girlfriends or boyfriends and stuff like that. And uh, just said, that's not where I want to be. But yeah. What would you say? <clears throat> what would you say to parents? And I'm kind of thinking about this question for myself, too. It's easy because you and I are two. There's two of us. 
and we had two parents who stayed together who were very different, by the way. Yes. Our parents were very different. <laughs> Our mom was very, um, you know, we, we went to church with her every Sunday. She taught us the Bible. Um, and then our dad wasn't that way or isn't that way, but it's almost like such a rad thing because they showed us that it doesn't, it's like you don't have to be identical in all these areas for it to work, which is dude, what our world needs so badly is that there's this idea that two different people, which already a man and a woman, like we're clearly different could come together and then make it work regardless of all of our worldviews and beliefs like let's find common ground yeah dude and they showed us that which is which is probably the greatest gift they ever gave us but let's not get too weird and sentimental um what would you say to parents that have kids and so let's you and i are sons so sons that are different it's like on one hand i would say that i felt this pressure to be the good one and i felt this pressure to like like make sure i was and that could have been just for myself but like that i was doing the right thing and and anything that i did do that was wrong was always in secret i mean you and i were before we started recording we're talking about we're talking about some things uh that we won't record um so it's like some of the stuff was just done in secret you know um but there was this pressure to do the right thing but then for you there's this like well, F it, I'm going to do the wrong thing and I don't care. So it's like, we're both pursuing something, but what would you tell parents who have sons like that? Because now looking 20 years later, you and I are both hardworking husbands and fathers and things worked out and maybe all the pressure that we maybe felt didn't need to be there. Yeah. I don't know. The more I was told not to do something, um, kind of made me want to do it even more. Mm. So when I was told, that I couldn't do something, you know, even at like, you know, the youngest age, I felt like I was a man and I was old enough and I can do this by myself and I can make my own decisions. But it wasn't, you know, you don't realize till you're older that all that stuff was crap and garbage and everything else everyone was telling you was right. Mm, but I don't know. Doing was crap and garbage. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you wish you would have listened when you were younger, but I didn't. Um, so now, you know, I'm trying to see is if, you know, the reason that they pushed so hard was one of the reasons that it made me make the right decisions in the end, or did it just prolong me from making the right decisions uh, in the end? Right. You know, did the pressure prolong you. So that's the thing is, is maybe you, you can't parent your kid the same way, right? So it's no, like I was the first not. son. And so maybe if I was told don't do this, I was like, Oh, all right, mom said not to. So I didn't do it where for you, that's like, all right, I'm going to go try this out. For yeah. Myself. It's like, why can't I do this? I can right, do right. this, you know? So I think that's important for parents to hear is like, your kids aren't all going to be the same. So you need to be in tune with them, which goes back to you saying, learn about your kids. Right. And yeah. know their temperament, know their personality. Like that's your job as the dad provider and protector. We think like I go to work and I, could fight somebody but it's really a lot more than that it's like getting in tune with them so what do you do differently or the same like what are some things you do the same with your kids and then what are some things you do differently with your kids Mm. i try to pick my battles with my kids like you know i try to i can't fight them on everything so i Mm. figure what's most important to me and what i think is going to be 
you know, more beneficial in the long run. And that's what I will, you know, fight them to. And a lot of it's not like yelling. It's more of, I don't want to, you know, it's almost like shaming, but it's almost like making them feel guilty because you can tell everyone the right way to do stuff and you can say that, but they're not, you know, they're not going to know that until they experience it for themselves kind of thing. But, so is that what you felt like is you just needed to experience things on your own? So in a sense, you want your kids to experience some things on their own because that's the way you learned best? Yeah, I think so. But in every case, it's different. You know, yeah. some people at my same age never came out of it and they just got deeper and deeper. Right. And now they're pieces of crap or they're dead or, you know, whatever. So it's a it's a hard balance, but... So what's like the foundation for you when you say, is this going to matter to you? Is it just you kind of instinctually know this thing matters or have you dictated that beforehand? Um, I try to just feed them all the knowledge that I can, that I am aware of from, you know, my self experiences. I don't really base it on anything else. I just kind of base it on my own self experiences and from what I've learned from life. And then that's what I, you know, that's what's so nice about having kids is you get to push your own personal values on them and create your own person. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also saying that you share your values with them, but you want to let them experience life and kind of figure out what their own values are. Yeah, you have to. And are you okay with that? If your kids believe or think or live differently than you? Yeah, totally. Man, that's so hard. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any right way or wrong way to live life in any way. There's no right way or wrong way to parent. So it's like, you know, I could be like looking at that dad and saying, Oh, he's a dick yelling at his kid. But yeah, his kid's going to be pro in a, two years or something and not but have a care decided, in the world. But you've already decided that that's not as good as having a good relationship with your kid. Yeah, exactly. So like for your core value, your your value is that you, that relationship that you have is more of a long-term relationship with your kid and you value enjoyment of life more than... I have a million followers on Instagram and I'm the best youngest BMXer alive. Yeah. More than, you know, accomplishment as the world sees it, I guess, mm. you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily accomplishment. It's just what, how everyone else sees it, how they view it, how society views it. But that's hard, dude. When society is the thing showing us so much of the time, what's important, how do you hold on to what's important to you and what you want to be important to your kids? And not let society dictate that. Well, because same thing. I don't know. I guess there just is not a right or wrong or society doesn't know best. That's just what the majority of people are doing. And I think the majority of people are followers and doing just exactly their everyone's a product of their own environment to a to a point. So it's almost like you feel like that's not authentic. No. Or genuine or real. So no. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you want to be not follow that and be genuine and real and not follow a trend because it's a trend. You want to do what you feel is best and almost in the moment. But yeah, every it, situation. Yeah, but your moments connect. So that's the thing is like, yes, you're saying in the moment, but you're not like, well, I feel like being construction today and tomorrow I feel like you're not flip floppy at the same time. So you have this consistent steadiness but you are also, and maybe that's what presence is really about. Like being present is letting those moments be 
and then they connect with like who you are. And you said you're taking your life stories and that's what's allowing you to impact your kid of like what the world looks like. But it sounds like you're more showing your kids like how to experience the world, mm-hmm. not necessarily how you have to live in the world. Yeah. Which that's a big difference, right? Like let's go outside and let's see what happens. Not we're going to show up at 5 a.m. at the BMX track every day. And that's the <laughs> only thing we do forever because you're going pro. Yeah. Because that matters because that's what society says. Yeah, no, it's not like, oh, you know, he'll get burnt out with races two times a week. It's not like we have to go to this race. We're like, hey, dude, you raced, you know, the last four races in a row. Do you want to go tomorrow or do you want to like have a movie night and eat popcorn, you know? And- so how do you go all in on something but not want to be the best? What does that word best mean to you? There's always going to be someone better. So but you're I don't not think saying you can that, be the best. But you're not saying that from like a... Oh, there's always going to be somebody better. Oh, <laughs> well, no. Cycles. You're not saying it from a victim mentality. So how do you say it from a place of like, that's okay. Like you're saying that in a way that it's okay. Well, it's like the first race we did good. The second time he got last. And then the third race, you know, he didn't do last again. He's like, I feel bad for the guy who got last. And I thought that's so cool that my son's even saying that. So Ryder said he felt bad for the yeah. guy who got last? He says, I feel bad for the... And how old is Ryder? Six. Yeah. Seven. Sorry. Yeah. Dude, that's sick, dude. Yeah, and I was like, like well, don't feel bad for him. We got last last time. We did our turn. So now it's someone else's turn to get last. I'm like, everybody gets last now and then, and then everyone gets first now and then. And I'm like, it's it's just a balance. Mm. Dude, that's really meaningful. It's like I never, you know... You know, I hated to lose, but at the same time, I didn't mind it because that means someone else didn't lose. You've always cared about people a lot, though. Like, as much as you're, like, a tough badass, you've always cared a lot about people and their feelings. Yeah, I hate seeing anyone in pain. It's like, I don't know. Um, Which brings us to the spider story. Don't talk about my spider, (laughs) dude. Don't even bring that up here. (laughs) (laughs) man i've learned so much from you talking about fatherhood right now i've been trying to get the word better and best out of my vocabulary because i feel like as a competitor that's not a competitor to you but just as a competitive person some of the times when i get into something i i want to be really good at it but i compare that based on whoever's around me Instead of just how am I at it? And sometimes I think I push that on my kids. It's like, okay, Brooklyn, you want to play volleyball? Okay, every day we're going to go out and we're going to hit 100 balls, right? And and your perspective on it is more like there's always somebody better. But not in the sense of like, well, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That just means why don't we just enjoy this instead of worrying about if we're the best at it or not. Now, you and I want our kids to show up and be able to produce you know, like feel good about their performance. Yeah. But that's a hard balance too, because it's not about me as a dad on the sideline feeling like my kid is the best or my kid is better than your kid. But I think I personally can fall into that sometimes 
which is just sad and stupid. I mean, they're going to fall into that. Then they're going to be like, man, Sarah's better than me or, you know, not your wife. But I was just saying a random name, but like. There's a lot of Sarah's out there. Yeah. They're always comparing themselves to someone else or someone that's next to them. And I just think that's a lot of pressure for a kid. So how did you not, how, I mean, how did you not compare yourself to others all the time? When I was growing up? Yeah. I just figured, you know, I did fine as a kid, so I was good at some things, and my other friends were better at other things, you know, like I could do a 360 when my other friends could do an X up, you know, it was just like you all have your own different. personal, yeah, your own, like, things that you're good at, your own qualities that you're good at, and you can do, other people are going to be able to do some things way easier than you, and you're going to be able to do other things way easier than other people, and... It's just all. It's just, it just kind just of a flow. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say. Like life, just you know, I try to live it like it is what it is, and you accept it, you know, to a point, not to where you're, you know, if you're living in a crappy place and you're just like it is what it is, you know. Right. You could. It could definitely be like a, it can be better. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of stuff is what it is, and rather you can, you know, keep it like that if you're fine with it, or you can try to excel and get better you know i tell my kids practice makes perfect i'm like wow how did that guy do that and i'm like he probably practices every day i'm like if you want to do that i'll go out in the yard with you and i'll practice with you every day and then you know the most part they're just like eh, nah but they want to they got to have to want it yeah they got to have to want it i'm not going to go push them to do something that they're not super passionate about but then it's it's i mean it's truly an amazing gift that you're giving your kids because Sometimes the dude who is just killing it at the thing, like maybe they really do love it, but at a certain point it might just steal the joy. And I don't want to do that in a comparative way like, oh, everybody who's super pro at whatever just actually hates it. It's just their job. That's not what I mean. But you want your kids to experience life, be present, and enjoy it. Not based on how somebody else is doing it, but based on how they're doing it. Yeah, do you remember Dylan from down the street who used to ride BMX with us? He was like a lot younger, a lot younger. Yeah. yeah. But he was super good, like expert, like going to win and everything. And he told his dad, you know, when he got really good, dad, I don't want to race BMX anymore. I just want to go play baseball, you know, with my friends at school or in high school because he had been forced to do that so much that it wasn't fun for him anymore. Yeah. It was more of a job. It's like let kids be kids. Yeah. And almost like dads we can be kids too like just go outside and play you don't have to have a freaking plan every time like how boring is that (laughs) oh yeah and these dads don't seem like they're having fun that are pushing their kids and trying to train their kids and stuff like that they're not having fun out there they're stressed out veins popping out of their heads and stuff it's like (laughs) you're like dude this is bmx in a small town well anything i see them turning around like ah ah," you know like holding their heads like i could have pedaled faster than that or i could have done this better and i'm just like you said it before like is anybody having fun here? Yeah. Like is that. anyone having fun? Like, is anyone enjoying themselves? Like, are you, I mean, I guess if it's a life goal, if you're trying to do that, you know, if you're training for that to be your profession, but you know, in extreme sports or any kind of sports, I'm like, Oh, you know, use every part of your body and BMX. If you break a shoulder, break a, a leg, a collarbone, an ankle, a knee, you're done. So it's like, there's a lot of bones in the body to put your whole profession on something like right. that that where anything could go wrong. And it's like, we glorify those positions so much. It's like, it's harder and harder to be a professional anything now. And the extremity of it is so intense. Like, I mean, you and I rode dirt bikes after BMX, we rode a ton of dirt bikes 
And you want to be a freestyle motocross, you better be able to do like a backflip and a three six. It's like it's yeah. just all so extreme, and so much is on the line, where it's probably hard to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like what you're saying is like, dude, live your life, experience life, enjoy your life. Don't compare yourself to others. Yeah. Like if you give just those kids those things to your kids. That's like the most beautiful fatherhood gift you could give to your kids and you will be remembered the way you want to be remembered, which is like the dad who was there. Yeah. Dude, so good, man. You even made me cry. Uh It's not the first time. Yeah, but the other (laughs) time because you beat me up. (laughs) You hit me first. Probably. Probably. Um, dude, any other thoughts, any other thoughts about fatherhood fatherhood. or about our life or about our parents? I mean, huge shout out to our parents for staying married. Yeah. I mean, both our parents, both our parents were awesome. Like anytime I look back on how successful I am today is I, you know, I think of them and just the proper upbringing and. You know, just the values. Yeah, straight up the values they taught me what the difference between right and wrong is, you know. And it became a lot easier once I was over 18 Mm. because they weren't forcing me to do stuff or they weren't grounding me or giving me consequences. They would just say, hmm, I guess, Nick, you know, it's your life. If that's what you want to do, you know, just, you know, okay. But I could just see the disappointment in them and that there made more of an impact on me than them yelling at me or them punishing me mm. or, or you know, scolding me. Like, you know, I would just get angry. I'd match anger with anger yeah. all day long. You know, I could go back and forth and fight. But when someone just like, well, okay, you know, that gave me more impact on what was right and wrong right there. Hmm. That's important. Do you think that parents could do that when their kids are teenagers? Like it doesn't have to be when they're 18? I think so. I think it works with my kids now. I do a lot of that with them because mm. I'm just like, is that seriously how you're going to act? Like, okay, you know. Yeah, because what can you really do yeah. other than physically forcing? You can't even physically force them, you know, like really. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mentally force them. You know, that doesn't teach them right. crap that's in the, the mind. the mind. So true. Um, all right. So if a parent, um, if a parent thinks their kid's doing drugs, where are the top three places they should look in their room? <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> you're, you're not even going to rat out some 14 year old kid right now. You're that committed. Heck no. Who told mom when I was 14? I want to know. Who told mom? It was probably me, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> she listened on my phone. She had a separate phone plugged in, so you couldn't hear the voice. It was just hearing upstairs. Dude, I'll admit, I did not know that they recorded your phone call. <laughs> I just I just remember the light switch. I feel like that was genius. Yeah. Unscrew the light switch, because what's that thing called around the light switch? The casing? Electrical box, or the outlet cover. The outlet cover. Unscrew that, hide whatever you need to in there, and then put that back. Yeah. Or the trophies. I would always take apart my trophies. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> right. That's the thing. You yeah. would hide it inside your trophies. Yeah, there's a sleeve, you know. You take the bottom <laughs> bolt off your trophy base, and then you can put anything you want there. No one's going to look on your shelf in a trophy right in front of their face. Oh my gosh. That's okay. That's the only one you're giving away, though. You let the parents figure it out or let the, the kids have their, have their fun. 
<laughs> uh, dude, it's been super fun talking fatherhood with you. I think you're an incredible dad. I think you're a good friend, a great leader. I've always thought you have all the pieces. A great leader. People have always looked up to you and followed you. Um, you love your wife. You love your kids. You love people. And uh, just keep being yourself, man. And I hope we get to spend lots and lots of years laughing and enjoying our kids together. Uh, Thanks, bro. Love you, man. What a great conversation. I so enjoyed hanging out, talking with my brother. Such a solid dude. And really, after listening to it a second time, it just really continued to remind me of the importance that you and I have, that our role is so significant that we are creating standards and solid foundation for our children that they're going to take into the rest of their lives. So, uh, so no pressure. (laughs) Hey, every Monday I put out the fatherhood field notes podcast, interviewing great dads like my brother. If you're interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. It falls under the same spot, rebel and create, but it is called craft of fatherhood. And I'll just discuss different topics, maybe things that people email me. Um, just shorter, something that you could digest in a, a car ride or a quick workout. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That's who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And if you haven't already, please take a minute to write a review on whatever app platform you are listening to this podcast on. It helps Spread the word that fatherhood matters. Talk to you next time.